Hello and welcome to Nick's Nerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host, Nick, from a tiny studio in San Diego. doing it is episode 282 i'm your host nick today it's october 3rd no it's it's october 4th uh, yesterday was october 3rd anyway <laughs> mean girls is such a good movie um uh, yeah <laughs> i don't know where i was going with that anyway well that's a lot of flies um what what's going on how are you guys doing you guys having fun you did you enjoy ahsoka last night did you see the creator this weekend? What what are you guys up to? What are you doing? Are you playing anything new? You playing Starfield? You playing Assassin's Creed? You playing Forza? Wait, those aren't out yet. Um <laughs> anyway. No, what's what's going on? Well, we got a full podcast for you today. Uh what are the top three stories today? Oh, uh, you know, Ahsoka, the creator. But how about this? The KOTOR remake, the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake, has essentially been, like, scrubbed from official Sony, like, sources on the internet, like YouTube and Twitter and things like that, and people are starting to wonder and question, and Sony had to come out and be like, no, no, it's over rights issues, and I'm like, rights issues? Y'all are making the game with with Lucasfilm, there shouldn't be any rights issues here. What what are y'all doing? What's going on over there, huh? Well, we're going to talk about that and more. Uh, We're also going to have our last 80s movie list, top list. It's not a full top 10. Apparently, I haven't seen that many 80s dramas. (laughs) Weird. I know, right? But, uh, 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 no, uh, we're going to have a a list of the top 80s dramas. That's going to be at the end of the pod. That's our last 80s. Next week, we will go full 90s on your ass. Extreme! Um, no, I'm kidding. Maybe. Am I? I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, those are the top three stories. That's also what's going to happen. So, but before we get too deep, let's remember, hey, you know, we have a website. You guys can check it out. There's uh, links to all the places you can subscribe to this show and take us on the go. You can even listen in the in the browser if you want, which is pretty wild, man. It's pretty, pretty wild. But we're on Spotify and iHeartRadio and Amazon Music 
and Google Podcasts, even Apple Podcasts. We're like on all the biggest platforms. It's pretty wild, man. It's pretty pretty cool, if you ask me. I'm sure you guys like it too. Uh, but also, there's like a tab for social media. So if you guys want to give us a follow, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. Uh, so we're there, and it's fun. And we're on Instagram and Twitter and threads even. But Facebook too, but not on TikTok. But I'm on TikTok. The podcast isn't on TikTok. But you can follow me on TikTok. I still post a lot of stuff that's relevant to the podcast. So you should probably follow both if you want. Uh, my personal Instagram, it's up to you. There's a lot of golf pictures and stuff on there. So maybe maybe not so much uh, podcast. Oh, my collection spotlights are on there, though. I show off my lovely collection to my adoring friends and fans, many of whom have seen all of it. Well, friends-wise, they've seen a lot of this stuff thousands of times. Uh, so I might be boring them with it. Anyway, anyway, why don't we not waste any more time on nonsense? It's important, not super. What's important is the news, and let's get to it, shall we? All right, what's uh, what's going on in video game news? What a lot, a lot apparently. So, well, for starters, Valve has, has announced if you um, if you help anyone cheat in Counter Strike Two, good luck with that because uh, they're going to punish you as well for being uh, material accessory. That's what it is, accessory to the the cheating. So don't help anyone cheat in Counter Strike Two. This is a public service announcement so just be aware of that all right don't don't go helping people cheat uh what's going on now be careful when you're playing here's another public service announcement be careful when you're playing the new dlc for cyberpunk 2077 the phantom liberty because if you choose a certain uh dialogue option in in the one of the quest the quest lucretia my reflection um you might lock yourself out of the rest of the DLC. So just be very careful in how you answer that. I'm not going to give any spoilers because it obviously it's spoilers. So just be aware if you go and say the wrong thing, you might be screwing yourself over and you might not be able to play the whole DLC. So just be aware of that as uh, you guys are playing through it or if you plan to play through it. Um, last week we talked about Jim Ryan announcing his retirement from PlayStation in the spring. And uh, Phil Spencer, head of Xbox, had some very nice words to say uh, in regards to that. So, let me see what Phil had to say. Phil Spencer tweeted, quote, Jim Ryan has been a great contributor to our industry and a fierce leader for PlayStation. I wish him the best in what he does next. Thank you for all you've done for the community over the last 30 years, Jim. Unquote. And that was Phil Spencer on the... Uh, on his Twitter, excuse me, X, his post on X. They're not tweets anymore. Wild. Um, in major, major big gaming news, Epic has announced that they will be laying off 807, 830 employees. I don't know where I got 870. 
830 employees at the North Carolina-based studio, and that's about 16% of their workforce. Uh, They're also divesting in music service band camp, as well as Super Awesome, um, which were companies they uh, purchased in 2022 and 2020. So they're losing 250 people that way through the divestiture. What else is going on? The Tim Sweeney, the head of Epic, put out this statement saying, quote, that's a memo, actually, quote, Hi, everyone. As we shared earlier, we are laying off around 16% of Epic employees. We're divesting Bandcamp and spinning off most of Super Awesome. For a while now, we've been spending way more money than we earn, investing in the next evolution of Epic and growing Fortnite as a metaverse-inspired ecosystem for creators. I'd long been optimistic that we could power through this transition without layoffs, but in retrospect, I see that this was unrealistic. While Fortnite is starting to grow again, the growth is driven primarily by creator content with significant revenue sharing, and this is a lower margin business than we had when Fortnite Battle Royale took off and began funding our expansion. Success with the creator ecosystem is a great achievement, but it means a major structural change to our economics. Epic folks around the world have been making ongoing efforts to reduce costs, including moving to net zero, hiring and cutting operating spend on things like marketing and events, but we will still end up far short of financial sustainability. We concluded that layoffs are the only way, and that doing them now and on this scale will stabilize our finances. We're also making some divestitures. Bandcamp is joining Song Trader, a music marketplace company supporting artists. Super Awesome's advertising business will become an independent company under the Super Awesome brand, led by their current CEO, Kate O'Loughlin. Kids Web Services, the parent verification and consent management tool set, will remain part of Epic. Saying goodbye to people who helped build Epic is a terrible experience for all. The isolation is that we're, the consolation is that we're adequately funded to support laid-off employees. We're offering a severance package that includes six months base pay, and in the U.S., Canada, Brazil, six months of Epic paid health care. We're offering to accelerate people's stock option vesting schedule through the end of 2024, and are giving two additional years from today to exercise the options. In the U.S., we're also offering to vest any unearned profit sharing from their 401k and will provide benefits including career transition services and visa support where we can. For those still at Epic, you'll hear more from senior leaders about the path forward for your team. Epic's prospects for the future are strong. We have amazing game experiences across multiple platforms. We've built the best engine in the world and will be hosting Unreal Fest next week to bring the community together and spotlight the things they are building with Unreal Engine and UEFN. Creators are making a living building for the Fortnite ecosystem, with time in third-party games now exceeding first-party. We're cutting costs without breaking development or core lines of business, so we can continue to focus on our ambitious plans. About two-thirds of the layoffs were in teams outside of core development. Some of our products and initiatives will land on schedule, and some may not ship when planned because they are under-resourced for the time being. We're okay with the schedule trade-off if it means holding on to our ability to achieve our goals, get to the other side of profitability, and become a leading metaverse company. Unquote. Tim. So, that's a lot. Um, and I'm happy that they're paying for at least six months. That's that's a good, good thing. Um, they raised the price of V-Bucks, but 
this is very interesting. It looks like Epic and Fortnite aren't making the money they used to, which is quite unfortunate because they were a behemoth for a while. Uh, obviously, it caused that lawsuit with Google and Apple, but we'll, we'll see ultimately what, what ends up happening um, with them in everything. Well, that's a lot of, again, it's unfortunate and strange, but it's also a sign of the industry. Things are somewhat shifting away from Fortnite, which is a good thing, um, but not for Unreal. I'm sure when Unreal Engine 5 starts really going, they'll start bringing more money in again with that. So, I'm not sure if you guys were aware, but the Pokemon Company and the Van Gogh Museum in, in Denmark... Uh, decided to team up together uh, and work on some collaborative uh, things, I guess. Uh, so it opened on September 28th, was meant for children and young people to explore Van Gogh artistry by, you know, working with Pokemon. Um, and there were special Pokemon cards that were released. But unfortunately, they were inundated with scalpers and, you know, hardcore collectors. It's just out of out of control. Um, the, the exhibit will still run through January, but all of the items that were being sold are being sold for, like, a hundred times their price. Uh, they did officially announce that pretty much everything had been sold out, which kind of sucks. Um, oh, in the Netherlands. I don't know why I said Denmark. Um, in the Netherlands. But there was a special Pokemon card that had Pikachu painted in the style of Van Gogh. There were plushes, things like that. Uh, if you saw Joe Merrick, who runs Cerebee, posted a video of just like people going insane at the museum. It, it's it's it, it sucks when people like this destroy something that's meant for children. Um, I get it. Collectors want their their stuff, but at the same time, you, they gotta like relax with this. They're they're destroying it for everyone. Um, there's casual collectors like myself. Uh, obviously, I would never have gotten to um, I would never have gotten to Amsterdam to get anything. But <laughs> it sucks for people that live in you know live in Europe, and it would have been easy for them to get to, to Amsterdam, but they're kind of screwed over because of insane collectors who want to just make massive, massive profits off these small little items. It's, it's unfortunate, it really is, but it, it's, it, it happens, right? It just, I wish it would stop. Um, one day, maybe, you know, things will uh, calm down with that. Obviously, things have uh, exploded in terms of, of collecting and fan items and things like that. But one day, one day it could maybe not be that way, and maybe kids can learn about Pokemon and Van Gogh. I hope a lot of more kids would learn about Van Gogh than po Pokemon, to be honest. Even though I love Pokemon, Van Gogh is one of the most amazing artists that ever lived and really deserves to, you know, have uh, his his ideas and paintings spread to more people realistically but it's unfortunate what happened because collectors who don't care went in and 
took everything, essentially. Well, they didn't steal, but they, they bought everything up, which sucks. GameStop has a new CEO. Uh, the former founder of Chewy, Ryan Cohen, who's been, I think he's been on the board and things like that, and they brought him in as a temporary CEO. He's now the official CEO of GameStop to try and right the ship, if you will. The French government has conducted a raid on NVIDIA and their offices in France. Yes, I know, NVIDIA. In an antitrust inquiry. So via Bloomberg and the Wall Street Journal, that we learned that uh, the French authorities had uh, raided a GPU manufacturer, and we found out later it was NVIDIA. And uh, in a press release published by the French Competition Authority, the FCA, quote, following authorization from a liberty and custody judge, the investigation services of the Autorité de la Concurrence carried out a dawn raid at the premises of a company suspected of having implemented anti-competitive practices in the graphics card sector, unquote. Uh, NVIDIA US has declined to comment. So it looks like it has to do with a broader inquiry into cloud computing sector in France. So they've been going after, the FCA's been going after that for quite a while. Uh, Their main issue has to do with cloud computing companies leveraging their computing power and anti-competitive practices. So this is a very interesting thing for the French government to go after. We'll learn more, of course, as things start to trickle out from the European continent. Uh, Ed Boon has been tweeting out about the future of Mortal Kombat 1. Obviously, we already know that Combat Pack 1 will include Omni-Man, Peacemaker, and Homelander. I was drawing a blank there. Well, now he's been tweeting out pictures of Ghostface, of Chucky, of Jigsaw, different horror icons, making people speculate that maybe Combat Pack 2 will include the horror icons. Uh, Mo Yang has announced that they have dis- they have ceased development on Minecraft Dungeons as the game reaches 25 million players. Uh, it looks like they won't be doing any more DLC or stories or anything like that in the Dungeon Crawler spinoff of Minecraft. So here's here's our biggest story here for gaming. Uh, it's what's happen happens to do with the Kotor remake over at. Uh, Whoever's even working on that anymore. So it's like, like I said, it's essentially been scrubbed from the internet. Oh, at least all of Sony's trailers, tweets, all of it have been uh, purged. Which we've finally gotten an answer, and it has to do with, I, I guess, music licensing. Um, per Sony, they told IGN, "quote As part of normal business, we delist assets with licensed music when the licenses expire." Unquote. You're working with Lucasfilm on a remake. How could your license expire? Uh, that doesn't make sense. Um, it, it makes zero sense. So all Knights of the Old Republic remake promotional material has essentially been scrubbed off of the face of the earth, which doesn't make any sense in any way, shape, or form. Um it was being worked on by Aspire Studio, 
but then Lucasfilm decided to, uh, or Sony and Lucasfilm kind of said, eh, maybe not so much. Uh, it went to World War Z and Space Marine 2 developer Saber Interactive, uh, which both Aspire and Saber are owned by Embracer. So, it, 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 apparently Aspire worked on it for three years before it was moved to, before it was announced in 2021, and then, then we got that trailer. We learned it was going to be a PS5, PlayStation 5, PS5 and PC exclusive, but now we know Aspire was hoping to get it out in 2022. It's been pushed potentially to 2025. Um, no word yet, though, with the move to Saber, what's going on with it. I, I don't understand how a game like this could face any major hurdles. Obviously, it's not being developed by BioWare, who developed the original. They don't own the IP. It's Star Wars. Um, but realistically, I don't understand if you, you're going for an ambitious remake... A, Aspire never really made anything on, on their own, so that's part of it. Uh, Saber Interactive is known for doing great remakes or remasters. This was going to be a ground-up remake, but my, my question is, why would these studios take this on, or maybe they made Sony believe they could do it in Lucasfilm. I don't know. The other weird thing, and I said this when it was announced was that it was going to be a PS5 exclusive, which is kind of weird, considering the original game was an Xbox exclusive. Obviously, both PC. But I'm, I'm kind of surprised that... I understand Sony's putting up the money for it. I get it. Uh, but it's, it's strange to me to see Lucasfilm kind of playing an exclusive game with a property like that. Uh, it's, it's different with Spider-Man, because apparently Xbox said no to that. Um, but it's being developed by an in-house studio with with um, Insomniac Games, right? Obviously, they didn't. Sony didn't own them before the first game, but and Sony owns technically the rights to Spider-Man. Well, not for games. Anyway, that's that's a different story. But uh, it, it's very interesting to see when certain IPs like Star Wars, I think, would be a bigger IP than than Spider-Man and the Wolverine game. Uh, the bigger issue was when Spider-Man was exclusive to the PS5 version of the Avengers game. I know we're getting sidetracked. I just want to know what's going on and why this game is is facing issues, the KOTOR remake. Obviously a game that everyone would love. I think it's a game that everyone would is really hoping for. So it's, it's very, very strange to see it faltering so much. And for all the stuff to get pulled, and so Sony using some generic, oh, licenses are up. Bro, how are your licenses up on the music for a Star Wars game that you're helping pay for, dude? Or does that mean the Embracer group lost it? I, it? It makes no sense to me. It really makes no sense. And this generic corp, corpo answer, just it doesn't vibe, man. I, I don't get it. It's not making any sense. Not making any sense at all. Moving on. The... Uh, SAG-AFTRA and video game companies have failed to walk away with a deal. Uh, it looks like st talks have ended without a deal, so the strike is nearing closer. Uh, via a joint statement from the SAG-AFTRA and the video game producers said that, quote, SAG-AFTRA and video game employees employers concluded scheduled negotiations for the interactive media agreement. 
No deal was reached, and the current agreement will remain in effect while the parties make final efforts to reach a deal, unquote. So, a deal could still be made. There is a lot of pressure. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, The deal is still in place. I don't think they can go on strike until the contract is up, from my understanding. Um, Progress has been made, but nothing has happened yet. Uh, This is not the first story we'll have on SAG today. Call of Duty and Activision have announced that uh, in a larger effort with more crossover, they will be getting the Doom shotgun and the Doom chainsaw. You heard that correctly. The Doom shotgun is coming to Call of Duty in all of its pixelated glory. Rip and tear, boys. Rip and tear. Uh, Bloomhouse has announced that its new games arm of the studio will try to focus on making games on new IP, not on established titles, uh, given their reputation as a horror movie studio. Uh, Their horror-focused games, I think is what they're going for, will be on new IP and not on existing, which could be risky. Um... The company, the developers behind the Worms game, Team 17, uh, has been hit with what is called, uh, or what layoffs are called in the UK as redundancies, uh, which included the culling of the head of the studio. Uh, So major, major shakeups over at Team 17. A rare Nintendo 64 controller has been found and has been put up for auction. The Fox Data Chrome Leopard Nintendo 64 controller is starting has starting bids set for $1,200 at auction after it was found in a gamer's loft. Uh, it will go on Hanson's auction starting October 17th. It's expected to bring somewhere between 711 or 1,000 British pounds sterling, which is 850 to 121500 U.S. So it is it is thought to have be one of 200 ever created. Um, this was create, sold in the UK in the 90s only. Uh, this had the Chrome Leopard. There was Desert Storm, Red Rain, and Purple Forest. A Reddit user happened to post a picture of all four controllers. Whoa! That Desert Storm one is cool. It's yellow. Um, that's on the N64 forum. But... This man got it as a gift in 1998, and uh, it's been sitting there ever since, apparently. That's wild, man. That's a lot of money for a controller. So, uh, $1,200. Overwatch 2 is getting Diablo 4 crossover. No surprise there. Bethesda wants to push their game, especially as Diablo 4 is released, is coming to Steam. It will no longer be exclusive to Battle.net which is uh, good for that. Uh, the Naughty Dog Last of Us multiplayer spin-off crossover, crossover, spin-off game looks to be, uh, you know, on, on life support, given the theme of the game and show. It looks like as the studio has started to lay off some people, not major layoffs, but some, uh, it looks like their multiplayer game probably will not see the light of day anytime soon. Not that many people were hoping for it. Um, Nintendo has squashed all the Switch 2 rumors in a way. 
saying that they are making sure games will be coming out on the Switch until 2025. I don't know who you're fooling, Nintendo, but that don't mean Jack. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, the Arkham Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch has been officially delayed. Epic has announced that they are going to be adding age ratings to all different Fortnite experiences. Uh, typically, online experiences are not rated due to the fact that they're not controlled by the developer. Um, they are trying to build a safer metaverse in Fortnite, whatever the fuck that means. But starting on November 4th, they will have a new system that includes, quote, all first and third party playable content. Uh, unquote, in Fortnite, uh, will have different age ratings. So, uh, oh, and it has to do when a creator is ready to publish their island into Fortnite. Oh, is that what they're allowing people to do? Anyway, those will have age ratings on them now. Uh, Adidas has announced a new Spider-Man 2 launch uh, for different shoes and clothing items, uh, including both versions of the Ultra Boosts and the Audi Zero Cleats. If you're wondering why Adidas and you know Sony are partnering up for Spider-Man, considering Miles Morales is famous for wearing Air Jordan ones, you know Disney has a partnership with Adidas. They do not have a partnership with Nike. How that works, I don't know. Uh, but it, that's why Miles Morales wears Adidas in the Spider-Man games. It's really weird. It's kind of jarring. Um, my boy Miles needs. Air Jordans, like in the Spider-Verse movie, Man Has Air Jordans. Um, but, yes, the they look kind of cool. They feature Spider-Man's outfit uh, and then kind of like a Venom theme on them as well as they're supposed to simulate, you know, Peter becoming Venom. They're kind of cool. I like Adidas, uh, but I would rather have some Jordan, Spider-Man Jordans. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2... Sorry, Red Dead Redemption, the original, is getting a new physical release for PlayStation 4 and Switch. Wait a minute, didn't it already come out for PS4? That doesn't make any sense. A physical re-release on PS4? No, Red Dead Redemption 2 was on PS4. Red Dead Redemption was on PS3. Holy shit. That's wild, man. <laughs> um... Nintendo announced they'll be shutting down 3DS and Wii U online servers next year, so make sure you get any content you might have on there off that you might need. Uh, the Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition is officially becoming the first two-disc PS5 game. That's wild. Ahead of, of course, what will be the two-disc version of the uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the remake part two. Uh, and our final bit of gaming news here today is that Ubis, former Ubisoft executives have been arrested following sexual harassment investigations. Five former Ubisoft executives were arrested uh, via the French publication Liberation uh, and translated by GI.biz. Former Chief Creative Officer Serge Hasquet, former VP of Editorial and Creative Services Tommy Francois, uh, both left Ubisoft in 2020, uh, were part of those arrested. Um, the Public Prosecutor's Office in the District of Bobigny in Paris are handling it. 
Um, simultaneous complaints were made by the Solidaris Informatique Union. I'm butchering these French words, by the way. Uh, <laughs> um, judicial police collected testimonies from 50 current and former employees. And um, Ubisoft has no knowledge of it because of most of them were former. So a lot of them were, were essentially forced out of the studio uh, after a lot of this information were uh, was found out uh, due to the ongoing sexual harassment and things like that that were brought up to Ubisoft's board, essentially. Um, Ubisoft CEO Yves Gamow has committed to making changes. So it looks like uh, some of this stuff ended up being true as these men were arrested in France. But uh, that's it for, for gaming news. Uh, kind of heavy on the, on the gaming news there. But uh, let's uh, shift our focus... On to what's going up on in Hollywood, shall we? All right, let's uh, let's take that quick trip up the five freeway, and unfortunately. We have lost a great actor, Michael Gambone, famous for playing the uh, second iteration of Dumbledore in the Harry Potter films, taking over for Richard Harris, who passed away after the second film had wrapped uh, production. Um, Michael Gambone passed away at the age of 82. Uh, we've heard from you know, Daniel Radcliffe. Emma Watson, Rupert Grint have all given heartfelt condolences on the loss. They were they were good friends with him. He made, from my understanding, he was quite the prankster on the set. I mean, I think everyone's seen the video of him placing the fart machine in Daniel Radcliffe's sleeping bag. Um, but uh, that's that's crazy. It sucks. Um, the Harry Potter Twitter put quote We're incredibly saddened to hear of the passing of Sir Michael Gambon. Uh, he brought immeasurable joy to the Harry Potter fans from all over the world with his humor, kindness, and grace. Who will forever hold his memory in our hearts. Unquote. Um, Radcliffe told Variety, quote, With the loss of Michael Gambone, the world just became considerably less fun. Uh, Michael Gambone was one of the most brilliant, effortless actors I've ever had the privilege of working with, but despite his immersed talent, the thing I'll remember the most about him is how much fun he had doing his job. He was silly, irreverent, and hilarious. He loved his job but never seemed defined by it. He was an incredible story and joke teller. His habit of blurring the lines of fact and fiction when talking to journalists meant that he was also one of the most entertaining people with whom you could ever wish to do a press junket. The sixth film was where I got to spend the most time working with Michael, and he made the hours spent in front of a green screen together more memorable and joyous than they had any right to be. I'm so sad to hear he has passed, but I'm so grateful for the fact that I'm one of the lucky people who got to work with him, unquote. Um... That was Daniel Radcliffe. Rupert Grint said, quote, So sad to hear about Michael. He brought so much warmth and mischief to every day on set. He captivated me as a kid and became a personal role model of mine, finding the fun and eccentricities in life. Unquote. Emma Watson said, quote, You never took it too seriously, but somehow delivered the most serious moments with all the gravitas. Thank you for showing us what it looks like to wear greatness lightly. Unquote. Um, Jason Isaacs 
James Phelps, um, Jared Harris, uh, all put uh, quotes out or said things about Michael Gambone. Richard Harris, of course, son of, or Jared Harris, son of Richard Harris, uh, described Gambone as a, quote, fitting successor, unquote. Um, but, uh, yes, a lot of people did that. They had uh, a lot of fans gathered at the Hogwarts Castle Universal Islands of Adventure in Orlando and posted the video. Um, but it is unfortunate. Uh, we lost a great actor. I guess, again, he was older. Uh, it sucks, though, when, when we do lose them because sometimes we think they can live forever. Uh, and luckily, he technically will live on forever through his films. Um, I think I posted about, it's that scene from King's Cross in The Deathly Hallows where he's with Harry. But uh, The Hollywood actors, SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP, the producers, have resumed negotiations. They started today, they were going to take tomorrow off, and will resume negotiations on Friday. Does this mean that the strike will end? We don't know. Uh, it could mean quite a few different things, uh, but at least some things are moving and shaking and happening a lot sooner than we may have expected them to. Disney has announced that they will start password sharing crackdowns uh, this year, uh, and they're actually going to be starting in Canada as soon as November 1st. Why they're starting with Canada is beyond me, uh, but they have sent emails to Canadian subscribers warning them that they will be restricting password sharing starting November 1st. No word on how enforcement will begin or uh, what it did say though is you will not be allowed to share your account with anyone who does not reside in the same household. But uh, Canadian users will have access to a new cheaper ad-supported tier when this launches. Um, what uh, household... Yeah, I, that's interesting. Um, Bob Iger did announce that they would do this. Obviously, Netflix started it earlier this year and saw an increase in subscribers. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it rolls out for Disney Plus and how it affects their numbers in Canada and then, of course, any other countries or territories they start implementing it as well. Uh, Netflix is being sued by a tabletop RPG creator. Uh, in regards to the cancellation of a game they had hoped to make for Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. Um, it, they they say that they had created extensive world building for the film, uh, but ultimately didn't capitalize on it. Uh, in the California federal court, Evil Genius Games, best known for making everyday heroes, said they'd started working with Netflix earlier this year for a tie-in tabletop RPG, um, it was supposed to be released uh, at the same time as the movie, as it gets released on Netflix this December. But the suit claims that Evil Genius and Netflix started working together. Netflix had a Rebel Moon script, and what was quoted as, quote, some rough ideas for the Rebel Moon universe, unquote. Graphic assets, things like this. Background information. Uh, but Evil Genius filled in all the missing pieces, the lore, backstory, everything. Um, and then had it kind of, uh, taken away from them, but, uh, 
Wow. I guess Evil Genius says that uh, the lawsuit says, quote, Snyder Netflix indicated that parts of the World Bible would be incorporated into not only Rebel Moon, the film, but also graphic novels, podcasts, animated series, and a novelization based on the movie, unquote. That's from the IGN article. But uh, Evil Genius says they put all projects aside, completed a 430-page player's guide, 337-page game master's guide, and an uh, aforementioned World Bible to get the game ready for the movie release. But Netflix then accused Evil Genius of breaching confidentiality um, by releasing confidential Rebel Moon content at a trade show, disclosing unapproved artwork to retailers. Um, wow. Deal was terminated in May. And then demanded the World Bible back. Um, wow. And Netflix offered to pay them 50 grand to walk away, apparently. I don't know how true this is. We'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens uh, uh, if, if this lawsuit goes forward. Patrick Stewart has been very candid as of late, uh, opening up about Picard, working with Tom Hardy. So in, uh, in an essay in Time Magazine... He wrote about what the original ending for Picard was supposed to be, apparently. Um, he said that he had originally agreed to just three seasons, um, w uh, although he is pushing a movie now as well, like the rest of the cast. Uh, what he said, quote, was, What I'd like to see at the end of the show is a content Jean-Luc. I want to see Picard perfectly at ease with his situation, not anxious, not in a frenzy, not depressed, and I think this means that there is a wife in the picture. If I found true love, shouldn't he? Uh, the writers came up with a lovely scene. It's a dusk. It is dusk at Jean-Luc's vineyard. His back is to us as he takes in the view. His dog at his side. Uh, then, off screen, a woman's loving voice is heard. Jean-Luc, supper's ready. Uh, who is that voice? That would never have been confirmed. Um, he said, quote, Is it Beverly Crusher's voice? Laris's? Someone we don't know? It isn't made clear, but Sonny was set to record the lines, heeding his wife's call. Jean-Luc turns around, says to his dog, Come on, boy, and heads inside. Dusk fades into night, and Picard fades into history, unquote. Uh, Sonny is the name of his actual real-life wife, so she would have voiced the character. But, obviously, that didn't happen. They The series ended with Picard playing poker with his bridge crew, just as he did at the end of The Next Generation. Uh, he goes on to say what happened with it and filming and, and all that. Um, but then he also has been talking about working with Tom Hardy on Star Trek Nemesis. Um, this is via Insider. Uh, he said, quote, Tom wouldn't engage with any of us on a social level. Uh, this is in his new memoir, excuse me. Quote, never said good morning, never said good night, and spent the hours he wasn't needed on set in his trailer with his girlfriend. He was by no means hostile. It was just challenging to establish any rapport with him, unquote. Um, he then followed up with, uh, ne quote, Nemesis, which came out in 2002, was a particularly weak. I didn't have a single exciting scene to play, and the actor who portrayed the movie's villain, Shinzon, was an odd, solitary young man from London. His name was Tom Hardy, unquote. Um, <laughs> Stewart added, quote, On the evening Tom wrapped his role, he characteristically left without a ceremony or niceties 
simply walking out of the door. As it closed, I said quietly to co-stars Brent and John. I said to Brent and Jonathan, and there goes someone I think we shall never hear of again. It gives me nothing but pleasure that Tom has proven me so wrong. Unquote. Uh, <laughs> that's funny, man. Tom Hardy, one of the biggest stars, and Patrick Stewart was like, "Yeah, that guy's not going anywhere. Kind of a dick." <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, Sir Pat, you're so funny. Uh, AMC pl- has announced plans to create AMC Plus. This is the AMC channel, um, which will now have an ad-supported subscription plan at $5 a month uh, to watch all of your favorite Walking Dead episodes. <laughs> uh, we've learned that the new X-Men movie is in its earliest stages at Marvel Studios. This was announced hot off the heels of the Writers Guild strike ending. Uh, a movie about the Ocean Gate uh, submarine disaster is in the works. No surprise there. Uh, SpongeBob has been renewed for a 15th season at Nickelodeon. I know it's been on for more than 15 years, but cartoon seasons work differently. Uh, Tom Hanks is warning fans and people alike, be careful of a new ad featuring his likeness. And I say likeness because it's not really him. Uh, it is... Yeah, that's right. Someone has used AI uh, to use his likeness and voice for a new dental plan ad. Um, He has not given consent. It's an online advert for a dental plan. Uh, There is a screenshot he shared. It looks almost exactly like him. It's almost perfect. Um, Yeah, he said, quote, on Instagram, quote, beware. There's a video out there promoting some dental plan with an AI version of me. I have nothing to do with it. Unquote. Ooh, hopefully this can help with the strike negotiations. Um, wow. He's, uh, that's, that's crazy that someone has, is bold enough to try and do that. Um, meanwhile, the, uh, daughter of Robin Williams, Zelda Williams, has opened up about the use of AI to recreate her father's voice, um, and she was, uh, this would be a deadline. It says, quote, um, I am not an impartial voice in SAG's fight against AI. I've witnessed for years how many people want to train these models to create, recreate actors who cannot consent like dad. This isn't theoretical. It is very, very real, um, unquote. And uh, she also said, quote, I've already heard AI used to get his voice to say whatever people want, and while I find it personally disturbing, the ramifications go far beyond my own feelings. Living actors deserve a chance to create characters with their choices, to voice cartoons, to put their human effort and time in the pursuit of the performance. These recreations are, at their very best, a poor facsimile of greater people, but at their worst, a horrendous Frankensteinian monster cobbled together from the worst bits of everything this industry is instead of what it should stand for. Four, unquote. Um, that is a very loud voice to be heard, uh, especially given uh, she. I think she's the executor of Robin's estate, so it's very, very smart to listen to her. Uh, the Paw Patrol movie has taken the weekend box office by storm, raking in twenty-three million, followed by Saw Ten at eighteen million, and The Creator at fourteen million. Obviously, these are just U.S. numbers. The creator was done on a budget of like $80 million, which is wild to me. We'll talk about that in its, its review uh, a little bit later. 
but it managed to pull in $14 million. As of right now, it's made 35.3 total, uh, and I'm sure it's well on its way to making its money back because I don't think it spent a lot on advertising because I haven't seen a whole lot for it. Um, Dan Harmon has opened up about writing for the Community movie. Uh, he spoke with an interview with The Hollywood Reporter saying, quote, because I wasn't thinking about them when I was feuding with Chevy, only later did I realize that I'd hurt these people who didn't want to think about me as some kind of odd self-styled Kubrick. They cared about Greendale, this world that I created, and suddenly they were getting this unadulterated side order of me, which was not fair to them, unquote. Um, talking about the fan base saying, quote, has been the most supportive of me, all told, and has endured the most for supporting me, unquote. Uh, he also followed up with, you know... He he talked about writing the movie. He said, quote, you're not going to... Uh, sorry, he, he hates to say how, quote, terrified I am of doing it wrong because there's a part of me that knows that fear cannot possibly result in a good thing. You're not going to get anywhere doing an impression of what you think you should do or what you think they want, but I really don't want it to do it wrong, and it's truly terrifying. But then I'm holding on to the hope that being honest with myself about how scared I am is at least a way to break the cycle, unquote. Um, the Community movie, of course, was supposed to release this year, but obviously both the writer and actor strike happened. Uh, he's also said he really hopes... Um, uh, he really hopes everyone is able to get together to shoot once the strike is over. Um, and Donald Glover will be back from the movie, of course, but uh, no word, no Chevy Chase. Um, he's hoping that once the strike is over that everyone can come and film, though. Uh, the Mattel CEO has opened up about the upcoming Barney movie from Daniel Kaluuya, and he is uh, he was interviewed by Semaphore, uh, and Gizmodo was able to, to catch this. What the hell is Semaphore? I don't know what this is. I'm guessing it's a uh, business newspaper. I don't know what it is. Um, talking about the Barney film, um, he did say this, quote, it's too early to be specific, but I can tell you we're taking a fresh approach that will be fun, entertaining, and culturally oriented. It will not be an odd movie, unquote. Um, this is Mattel CEO Yanon Kreese. But, wait, how many CEOs does Mattel have? Because Kevin McKeon, Mattel CEO, I don't know... Uh, said that it would be a really a play for adults, unquote. What? I don't know. And saying an A24 type film. I'm very confused. How many CEOs does Mattel have? Is it an odd film? Is it an A24 type film? I need answers, people. Um, rumors are swirling that Taylor Swift may be playing Dazzler in the upcoming Deadpool 3. Uh, all of these rumors... While rumors have been swirling around her playing Dazzler for years, the rumors entered a tailspin, if you will, when Taylor Swift was spotted at the Monday night, Sunday night, Kansas City New York Jets game, where she was in attendance, 
sitting in a booth with both Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman, as well as director, as well as director Sean Levy. I think they're just friends. I think she's friends with Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively. So there's that. Uh, Gareth Edwards being interviewed, and in, of course, in relation to the release of his new film, The Creator, uh, has essentially stopped all rumors in regards to reshoots and the involvement of Tony Gilroy on Rogue One, saying, yes, Tony was brought in, but I he clarified that he was involved in all the reshoots, working day in, day out to complete the film, even there filming the famous Darth Vader attack on the Tantive IV scene at the end of the film. Gareth Edwards was not replaced. He was the director of Rogue One, settling that once and for all. Uh, James Gunn was asked on Twitter about Peacemaker Season 2. He did confirm he is officially writing it. Uh, he did confirm that it will take place in the new DCU and that it will be addressed in some way in the show. Uh, last week, of course, we got confirmation that both John Cena and Viola Davis will be continuing on into the DCU, uh, as well as Freddie Stroma as Vigilante, surprisingly. Uh, Miyazaki has announced he's already working on his next film, so that retirement really didn't last very long. Uh, Jason Bloom says that the Spawn reboot is shooting for a 2025 release. Uh, the Disney VFX workers have unanimously voted to unionize following in the footsteps of their Marvel brethren. No surprise there. Only Murders in the Building has been renewed for season four. The iCarly reboot at Paramount Plus has been canceled after three seasons. Uh, Discovery Plus will be raising their ad-free tier from $6.99 to $8.99. Paramount on TikTok, because it was October 3rd, allowed you to watch all of Mean Girls in 23 parts on TikTok. That's cool. Uh, Netflix. Netflix is looking to raise prices several months after the end of the actor strike. What the actual fuck, Netflix. You can't keep raising your prices every single year, dude. Especially after you took the 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 fucking password sharing away, bro. Like, you just got a bunch of new people. You can't... Stop making dog shit. This is the thing I keep saying. Stop making everything under the sun. Stop making and greenlighting every project for some every person that blinks at you, Serenados. Not everything needs to be made by Netflix. Stop. Stop making shit and your profits will be okay because you won't be wasting money on shit. I don't need Love is Blind Season 59. I don't need Too Hot to Handle Season 12. I get those are cheap, but don't waste your money on that, right? Save your money for like One Piece stuff and bigger cool things and release them. Hey, guess what? Release some of your movies in theaters and you'll make some money. How about that? How about them apples? Um, that's kind of it for for TV and movie news. I do want to talk about, though, Ahsoka and the creator, the creator. So Ahsoka finished last night in a great season finale, and now it is confirmed as a season finale. Deadline even reporting that season a second season is all but confirmed at this point. 
Um, it does suck that Ray Stevenson... Ray Stevenson was almost not in the, the season finale, and it sucks that he passed away because I think he's one of the best new additions to Star Wars. Um, and because of what they teased with him at the end of the episode, which they'll, they'll have to recast him. I mean, realistically, they'll have to recast him because he is it is teasing with the Mortis characters, the gods of Mortis. And... A lot of speculation's been popping up about Abeloth. If you don't, you probably don't know who Abeloth is. Uh, she was the main villain of the Fate of the Jedi series, which was the last major publishing initiative uh, from Lucasfilm Books before the Disney buyout. Uh, so it take, took place after the Second uh, Galactic Civil War. Jason Solo was dead. Luke was on a self-imposed exile. A, a lot of these books inspired, I feel, what happened in the Last Jedi. That's why I don't. I like the Last Jedi. It's a lot like those books, which I liked very much. Um, but essentially, Abeloth, and this tied in with the the gods of Mortis from the Clone Wars. Abeloth was essentially the mother to the father, the son, and the daughter of the Mortis gods, and she was like the ultimate evil, right? So now, a lot of speculation is this is the the entity that, or the the feeling, the pull that Balin Skull has been having, the, the character played by Ray Stevenson. Uh, and at the end, you see him standing on a statue of the father next to the son, uh, looking out over a mountain, and the, like there's a flashing light on top of a mountain. So is it Abeloth? I don't know. Is it something else with the Mortis gods? Yes. Um, we don't know what it will be, though, ultimately, because as of right now, we don't know if we're getting a season two or if this will be tied up in Dave Filoni's movie. On the other hand, uh, Ezra makes it back, has some great scenes. Ahsoka has an amazing fight with Morgan Elsbeth. Thrawn gets to show off his tactical mastery yet again. We get zombie troopers as they're resurrected by the Sister mothers uh, after Ezra, Sabine, and Ahsoka take them all down. It... it, it <laughs> the characters kind of get flip-flopped in in terms of where they were in the galaxy. Thrawn survived, though. Yes, spoilers. Thrawn survived. I thought it was a great episode. I'm just here living in li a life that has Thrawn in live action. Never thought I would see the day, to be honest. I, I am enjoying it very much. Now, where they go with the second season, I really do hope we get to see Thrawn taking on the New Republic. Uh, some people are hoping the Yuzhang Vong appear, uh, which was another crazy storyline from the old Disney Star Wars Legends. I don't know why I keep saying Disney. Um, but it, it, it definitely sets up more for Season 4 of Mando, that's for sure. I guarantee you Thrawn will be in Mando Season 4 in some capacity. That's like a guarantee. I'm, like, I'm not kidding. That's, that's pretty much a guarantee. Um, we'll, we'll see though, if, if that's true, it's not a guarantee. I don't know why I say that's a guarantee when I have no fucking clue. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, it's going to be so good. I'm just, Thrawn is here, people. Thrawn is here. Set phasers to stun. I know we're not talking about phasers, but I am so damn happy um oh man and it was it, it ended in a way i was hoping 
This is this is all I wanted. I wanted Thrawn to make it back to the main galaxy. He did. We got nothing to worry about here, folks. Thrawn is here. And uh it's it's gonna be a good good time in the Star Wars galaxy, if you ask me. But uh that is it for Ahsoka. Let's talk about the creator. Uh the creator is Gareth Edwards' new film. Gareth Edwards, of course, directed Rogue One, Godzilla in 2014. This is his new sci-fi movie regarding AI, essentially, like but real artificial intelligence, like living living constructs that that can walk and operate on their own, not uh, just you know Chat GPT style AI. These are ro- robots that are self-sufficient and and simulants that look like real people. It is a very gorgeous movie. And for like I said, it was a budget of $80 million. For them to make this movie on $80 million is wild. Um, it does feature a hyper-militaristic United States. It is set in the near future, in the 2060s or 2070s. Um, a, a U.S. bent on destroying all robots, essentially, after a bomb was detonated in Los Angeles. Uh, John David Washington, who stars... Uh, he's actually the son of Denzel Washington. Uh, he was famous for playing a character on uh, HBO's Ballers, and of course, uh, famously starred in Tenant. Was Tenant last year or the year before? Um, he is great in this movie. Gemma Chan, great in this movie. There's a lot. The whoever the young girl is that plays the main character, Alfie, she's gonna be a, a great star. Her her ability to act. Is is I haven't seen in a child actor like that for quite a while. I'm very excited to see where where she goes. This movie though, it 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 makes you question a uh, quite a bit uh, in 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 terms of how you think the world might approach this one day if if we ever get there. It's it's also something to note that yes, there's there's tired tropes in this movie and, and maybe some things that have happened in other movies or it borrows from a lot. I still found this movie very engaging, very fun to watch. It had again stunning visuals. Ken Watanabe is is great. Uh, there the story is presented in in I I, I don't want to really call them vignettes cuz that's not really that's not the best description. It's it's three parts, but it it is it is not a movie you would expect based on like the trailers and things like that. It is a a wonderful movie to watch. It's not too graphic or violent or anything like that. The cinematography is on point. Uh, the the it has like a more real feel to it. Allison Janney is in it, who I didn't even realize was in it. There's a lot of good actors in this film, and the story is fun. The visualizations are fun. The the setting of the near future makes it feel a little more. Um, it makes it feel a little more real, right? A little more connective to it because it's it's set in a near future. Uh, Gareth Edwards, though, continues to make great, great, um, great sci-fi movies, and it, it would honestly be a nine out of ten. One of my best, one of the best movies this year. Um, Really good. 
I don't want to uh, uh, review this movie because it's a little late, but I did also see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Rise of the Mutants recently. That movie is great. If you have Paramount Plus, you should watch that movie. The animation is, it looks like it's claymation, but it's not. Uh, the uh, the baby turtles are worth worth watching it alone. So watch some good movies this week. I'm happy to be talking about new stuff as as negotiations continue for the actors. The writer's strike is over. Um, but it, it's, it feels good to talk about new stuff again. And uh, yeah, like I said, the creator, really great. Ahsoka, best Star Wars show ever. Um, <laughs> that's it for the main Nixter news, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's shift gears and talk about my last list of top uh, 80s movies for drama this week. So give me, uh, let's shift on over to there before we end the show, shall we? So this is our final 80s list, and yeah, our final 80s list, and it's not even a full 10. Apparently, I haven't seen that many 80s drama films, which I, I get, right? Like, that's not, you'd think, given all the movies from the 80s I've seen, you'd think, you'd think I would have been able to have seen more, um, but just wait till we get to the 90s, baby, because... Those lists are going to be hard, <laughs> um, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's head on over to the dramas. We'll start with number eight. Number eight, I got Field of Dreams, released May fifth, nineteen eighty nine. I don't particularly care about this movie. I know it's very quotable. I know it's a very sportsy movie. There's really good actors in it. I've only seen it maybe two or three times. Not my cup of tea. I know it's other people's cup of tea. I'm not going to knock it, but that makes my list. Number seven, Driving Miss Daisy, released December 15th, 1982. Um, a lot of these dramas came out in December. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy is a fun movie, of course, starring starring Morgan Freeman. Great movie. It talks a lot about race and the South and, and expectations. It's funny, but it's also drama. It's very good. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely watch it. Uh, number six, I got Cocktail, released July 29th, 1988. Of course, starring Tom Cruise himself as a bartender. There's more to bartending than this movie, I, I will say that. I think TGA Fridays like co-sponsored the movie, it feels like, because they are everywhere in that movie. It's not Tom Cruise's best. It's not his worst. It's mediocre. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, number five, we have Gandhi, released December 3rd, 1982, directed by Richard Attenborough, telling the story of Mahatma Gandhi on his quest to free the Indian peoples from British colonial rule. Uh, it is a great movie. It is quite long. Uh, it is a serious biopic, biopic, however you want to say that word. Uh, it does star Ben Kingsley as Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, it does feature uh, several other great actors playing 
major players in Indian and British history. It is a very fun... No, that's the wrong word. Not fun. I don't know why I said fun. It's, it, it's a enthralling movie. It will hold your attention, especially if you want to learn more about uh, Mahatma Gandhi. Um, and it, it tells a story from when he was a lawyer in South Africa, coming back, starting the movement. Uh, it is it is a fair, fairly truthful film. They don't they try not to stray too much from the facts. Uh, it is very good. At number four, The Untouchables, June third, nineteen eighty seven, uh, telling the story of the Untouchables group of police. It's a essentially it, it's based on a true story. It's not entirely truthful. Uh, yes, true real people are in it. Uh, it's based on the TV show of the same name, uh, uh, telling the story of the cops who took down Al Capone. Uh, Robert De Niro plays Al Capone. The film stars Kevin Costner, Sean Connery. If you've never seen The Untouchables, this is a great mob-style, mobs versus cops movie, if you've never seen it. Uh, great soundtrack. Great movie overall. At number three, Full Metal Jacket, released June 26, 1987. I, oh man, the, the movie is intense. Uh, of course, telling the story of several recruits going from basic training to war in Vietnam. Um, Arlie Army, of, of course, became very famous for portraying the drill sergeant in the movie in the scenes taking place at boot camp um that that those all those scenes are intense very intense and not for the faint of heart uh that movie is is in your face and is not shy about it but overall it is still a very very great movie if you have not seen it, it is probably one of the better war movies out there uh, that you should definitely check out, especially pertaining to the Vietnam War. And number two, Wall Street, released December 11th, 1987. Greed, for lack of a better term, is good. Of course, starring Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko, Charlie Sheen. It is a interesting movie, taking a look essentially at the 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 finance bros of Wall Street in the 80s and it it's Wolf of Wall Street without being on like the scummy guys that sell the penny stocks uh it 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 is a fun movie this one is actually fun even though it is a very intense drama um features Martin Sheen as well actually in a, a role playing Charlie Sheen's character's father uh Gordon Gecko of course warps him into the ultimate finance guy, ultimately gets taken down by the SEC and the feds. I very much enjoy this movie. Of course, it did spawn a sequel many years later starring Shia LaBeouf. But it is a movie, if you want to watch like a good 80s drama directed by Oliver Stone, you should definitely check out uh, Wall Street if you've never seen it. And at my number one, a movie seen more on Cribs than anywhere else. Scarface, released December 9th, 1983. Starring, of course, Al Pacino as one Tony Montana. 
Say hello to my little friend. Um, wow. You, <laughs> that movie. I can't tell you how many times I've watched this movie. And I watched it before any child should watch it. <laughs> um, directed by Brian De Palma. Tells, uh, it's a three-hour movie, by the way, if you didn't know. Tells the story of Tony Montana as he escapes Cuba in the, the purge of criminals by Fidel Castro in the 70s, early 80s. And uh, his rise to prominence as a major player in the cocaine game in 1980s Miami. This is essentially like everything you think about what happened in the 80s in with cocaine and shit in Miami is pretty much what Scarface is trying to show you. Scarface, of course, ultimately influenced Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Uh, we've come to learn that probably a lot of the stuff they do in the movie probably happened in one way, shape, or another with some person. Um, if you've watched Narcos, if you watch Cocaine Cowboys, which is a docu-series, documentary. I love Scarface. Apparently every rapper on the planet does as well because, uh, as I stated as a joke, every time MTV would go into like a rapper's house for MTV Cribs, Scarface would be on. And I don't know if they put it on or if like MTV had a contractual obligation to put it on, but it was just always weird that Scarface was always on. And it's also funny, though, that yes, it tells a story of, of Cuban immigrants, yet Al Pacino is Italian. But he plays a convincing Cuban, right? I mean, that movie's very quote. There's a lot of quotable lines as well. Michelle Pfeiffer, um, uh, Mary, uh, Master Antonio. I that's her name, right? I, I, it's a good movie. Um, and to watch Tony's rise and downfall, you get the whole thing in the three hours. Great music as well. Take it to the limit, limit. Um. I could sit down and watch Scarface anytime it's on, to be honest. That's why it's my number one here. Same with Wall Street. The others, not so much. But yeah, that's uh, my top 80s drama movies. Again, that's my final 80s list. We'll be moving under the 90s next week. Uh, Field of Dreams at number 8. Driving Miss Daisy at number 7. Cocktail at 6. Gandhi at 5. Untouchables at 4. Full Metal Jacket at 3. Wall Street at 1. Scarface Wall Street number two, Scarface at number one. Uh, that is it for Nick's Nerd News today. Thank you guys. That's episode 282 in the books. Today is October 4th, 2023. Thank you guys for listening. Check out nicksnerdnews.com. Follow us on social medias at nicksnerdnews uh, or at the Nick DeFalco on TikTok. And I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine.